And welcome, everybody, to another episode of New York Only, brought to you by SportsMe. Go download SportsMe today to battle any of the New Yorkers, battle anybody that is on the app about any sport, any sports on the app. I'm joined by Salvatore again, my co-host. How's everything? Of course, as always. How are you doing, Sam? Doing good. We're doing good. Um, very interesting, fun Jets game last week. Uh, the battle, the battle for the number one pick, the battle for Trevor Lawrence happened last week with the Jaguars nearly beating the Vikings. That was a crazy game as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assuming you watched most of those games. Um, what are your thoughts about what were you thinking about during that game? Were you happy that uh, <laughs> that the Jets defense was the only defense that did that? cover scheme on that play <laughs> what are your thoughts about that game that that game was a whole different element of a roller coaster ride of emotions that uh, I really thought the Jets were gonna just do jet things and win that game and screw themselves out of having the number one pick but I, it just baffles me how uh we'll get into actually how Greg Williams uh, called a all-out blitz on what is probably the last play of the game? You stop them, you probably win the game. And they had a wide open touchdown to win the game. Uh, you really can't make this stuff up. Uh, people will say they purposely tanked. And as a Jets fan, I'm here to tell you that it's just they're just playing out stupid. I think personally, I I, I, I mean, it's it's really I have, I haven't lost for words, Sam. I don't I don't know. What to, I really don't know. What to say. <laughs> I really don't know what to say. That's uh. As, as wild of an ending to a game you'll, as you'll ever see. And uh, maybe we'll be looking back at that game for years to come, hopefully at least. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that game, I, you know, in the moment when the Raiders got that Hail Mary, I didn't know what the cover scheme was. And then I looked back into it. And then just that, just that all out bliss just made absolutely no sense to me. I thought Greg Williams kind of knows what he's doing on defense, but I guess not at all. Um, Who knows? Which is just, which is just crazy. Uh, you, uh, I'm assuming you were scoreboard watching Jacksonville and Minnesota, right? Yeah. And that, that the Jaguars yeah. uh, went out to a pretty good start to that game too. You know, I thought, yeah, they like, look, they look decent, you know, yeah, they, 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 decent they, were, they were winning at halftime, I believe. And, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, was, I was like, all right, if the Jets, you know, somehow pull out this game. As long as Jacksonville loses, it's all good. But then all of a sudden, Jacksonville, everyone knows the team they are. They're one eleven for a reason. They blew that game, so it was all up to the Jets to try not screw things up, quote unquote. Even though they kind of did in their own way anyway. But yeah, it's definitely can't. Yeah, to win, to win, win their first game of the season against the Colts, I believe Jacksonville, and then losing their last eleven is just incredible scenes. And for the Jets, you know, firing Greg Williams, was it the day of that game or was it the day after that game? The day after, I believe. So the day after that game, you hear the news about Greg getting fired. It should be Adam Gase first. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could say, like, Greg Williams kind of like the sacrificial lamb to uh, yeah, what the, the Jets are trying to do here, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, any Jet fan knows that Adam Gaze deserved to be gone a long time ago. He's almost certainly going to be gone after these next few games. Uh, can't see how any way they win a game, uh, especially with the schedule they have. But, yeah, I mean, Greg Williams, I know, I know he has the history with the uh, bounty gate and all that, but 
for the most part, I think people consider him to be a decent defensive coordinator. I don't know if it depends on your take on him uh, as a person. That's a whole other different regard. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, definitely interesting to see uh, how it unfolded. Adam Gaze even said actually that it was his decision to uh, to fire him. So I don't know if there's any validity, any truth to that. But I guess, I guess we'll see. I don't know. It's kind of odd that he's making decisions if you know everyone knows that Adam Gaze is out the door in the next couple of weeks. He should make the decision to fire him his own self i think that would be hilarious um that would have been strange if it was his own choice because then like he i'm assuming the, the biggest reason why was that all-out blitz yeah but I, you're still owen whatever owen 12 you know like yeah. you, you should you should find another reason find another reason to to fire greg you know just yeah. from all of those camel's losses I mean, well, yeah, I mean, let's be real. Like, the, 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 this Jets team is not good. No one's saying that they should be a lot better than what their record is. They're supposed to be a, supposed to be a non-playoff team. But to go 0-12, that's, that's really embarrassing. And, like, that says, that says a lot about what you're doing. So, I think somebody, somebody has to go, and you can see it already starting now. You can see starting it. And uh, I can see after this season, it's going to be a clean house. Yeah. At least you're hoping that for Jets fans. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure you are hoping that as well. <laughs> um, moving on to my team, the Giants. Um, incredible upset. Incredible game over Seattle. Um, we had our own 12th man in Colton McCoy wearing number 12. Yeah, that was a that was an incredible, incredibly defensive game as well. Like that was a that was a really nice game to see how our defense is kind of shaping up going down the stretch. Um, I thought we were going to get blown out right off the rip. I'm just, I'm just saying that. And I, I think a lot of Giants fans were anticipating a loss here, but I just think, you know, we have a lot better of a defense than we thought. And, you know, Colton McCoy, whenever Daniel Jones go, comes out, he's a reliable backup. And I think it goes to show you that we have a lot more depth as a team than a lot of people realize goes to show you that Joe Judge is an amazing head coach and he's not getting a lot of credit because they're five and seven, which is not a great record by any means. But I mean, look, at the end of the day, like Gettleman, whether you hate him or not, is doing some decently good things for this team. Um, and, you know, who knows what's going to happen in these last few games. It kind of sucks. And I was really mad that uh, mm. Washington beat, Pittsburgh. I did not think that that was going to happen, but we still have the tie break because we beat Washington twice. So we'll see what happens. Uh, we go into Arizona. No, sorry. We go to New Jersey to play Arizona. Um, you know, a team that's kind of fallen off the path. I, I that was such a fun team to watch at the start of the season with Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, and I. I have. Christian Kirk on my fantasy team and he was giving me points mm-hmm. left, right and center, but now he's not. And I replaced him with Claypool, which I think is a better choice anyway, but that's another conversation. <laughs> um, and so I think if, if we can beat Seattle, we can beat any team. That's what I, that's what my thinking is. Um, yeah. And I mean, it's, yeah. uh, it, it's, it, it's funny that like, I, agree, I couldn't agree more with you, Sam, but it's, it's funny. Like, if you go back to our past episodes, how critical we were about this Giants team, 
And now all of a sudden, you know, they racked off four wins in a row. They're looking for their fifth straight. And they just beat a team like the Seattle Seahawks, who are, who if you ask anybody, they're one of the favorites in the NFC to make the Super Bowl. And they, they play that team really tough. And to stop a guy like Russell Wilson and contain him the way they did, it's nothing short of remarkable. And now you got to start thinking about, you know, at first, Giants, if they're able to somehow win that embarrassing NFC East, are they just going to get destroyed in the first round, whoever they play, because their record's probably not going to be that good, and no one really knows much about this team. But now I think you're starting to see an identity with this Giants team. You know, they could shut down any team, and they, the offense has been able to keep them in the ball game. Like, I know Daniel Jones didn't play, Colt McCoy started, but you look at his stats, you'll say, like, nah, he didn't really play that great, you know, nothing special. But he game-managed that game. He kept them in it from start to end, you know, he did, he did his job. I mean, what, what else can you really expect? You know, I mean, he's, he's, he's a glorified backup. I mean, so I think he did his job, but I mean, now you got to start thinking like, what do you think as a Giants fan? Do you think you could go far in the playoffs with the, with this defense and, you know, you're going to get Daniel Jones back. Seems like the chemistry is starting to build. What do you think? Well, I mean, look, I think winning the division and, you know, getting a home game and even if we get run up and lose by 40, I, I think that is the biggest win as a Giants fan because going into the season with all the uncertainties and the unknowns due to COVID and all that, I did not expect us to do anything at all. Um, I didn't really expect, I, you know, I expected the Cowboys to win the division, but their all, all of their injuries made it tough to do that. Um, so for the Giants, this is a really good opportunity for us to win the division and just see like, just to get all those players some playoff experience. Yes, there'll be no fans, so it'll be very different. Mm-hmm. But just having having that playoff experience can be really critical for a team that if you're going to keep all of the core pieces in the next, you know, four to five years, who knows, they can challenge Dallas and win the division every year. Um, you know, who knows about the who knows about the Eagles and Carson Wentz and that and that ridiculous. Yeah contract and Jalen Hurts is starting which I'm kind of interested to see how Jalen Hurts does in his first game but I mean for the Giants I I I think um if the if the playoffs ended today I think we would play Seattle I think Seattle right so I I mean mean, we can if we beat Seattle we can beat them again right so yeah and we're also home, and they would have to go across the across the yes. country. It's, Seattle's the most; they have the most miles flown. I think if you're in the it's, NFC and you're and you're a playoff team, you I don't think you would want to play this Giants team in the first round. I think it's it's almost trap like. You know, you're, you're it's definitely you're, a trap game by for sure. You're, you're on the road. It's a very good defense that plays well against anybody. You know, and and they're confident in themselves. Like you said, Joe Judge seems to be the right guy for the job. Uh, he definitely, in my opinion, even though their record isn't that great, he, I think he should get some coach of the year considerations. But yeah, 100%. Like, it, it, the Giants are very impressive this year. It, definitely exceeded. They already exceeded expectations in my book. Already. They've exceeded. They've exceeded expectations. This is the first season ever since we lost to the Packers in the playoffs, like which is a long time ago now. But this is like the f- first season in a long time where there's a lot of positives coming out of the Giants. And you don't really you don't really hear about the Giants and their struggles as much as the Jets per se because of the Giants and their blue collar attitude and like their value they're they're always in the top five in the most valuable teams in the world or top top ten at least which is insane 
Um, so that's that's also another reason why that they don't really talk about the Giants being really this bad. And seeing them, you know, even if we go seven and nine, that should be enough. I, that's that will definitely be enough, I think. And you definitely agree with me. I don't. I just see, you know, I see like a Seattle team going in there and like, oh, we got this. This is an easy. This is an easy dub, but you know, it's not going to be easy because you're, you're facing a seven and nine team. Very good defense home game too for them so you have to travel all this way so I mean who knows it's such an up in the air question and that's why if you're the NFC it's critical for you to get that top seed and get that by yeah I'm pretty sure that the Saints have that already locked but you know (laughs) yeah I mean definitely you're in the NFC do not look do not look past this Giants team right they're proving it I mean if teams don't start taking notice then that, that, that that's on them I mean they just beat a high caliber team. So teams better going all the way over there too. Yeah. Going all the way over there to Seattle. And I think a player that doesn't get a lot of credit is Wayne Gallman. I mean, he's been doing a pretty good job as a backup now being as a starter, obviously with Saquon not being there. Yeah. I actually have a Wayne Gallman on my, on one of my fans. Oh, you do. (laughs) He's doing well. Big. Yeah. Big pickup for me. Uh, That can't wait. I mean, I'm in the playoffs in that league with him. So uh, glad I got him. Yeah, I, I mean, if we don't want to pay Saquon due to injury concerns, I would not be surprised if we can keep Gallman and Gallman can improve. And, like, who knows? He would turn into a, a Devontae Freeman, like a very quiet, decent running back, if that makes any sense. So it, it should be interesting going into this Arizona game. I think we should win this game. Um, also, one more thing about the Giants. I, I'm talking about them a lot. I believe we're playing Cleveland. And we got flexed into the Sunday night game. Yeah. 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 The Cowboys yeah, got yeah. flexed out of the Sunday night game. That, yeah, How many times are we going to ever hear that? <laughs> that's, yeah. I couldn't. I think we're never going yeah, to, I think we're never going to, I think we're never going to hear that again, unless, unless the Giants are going to get a hell of a lot better with a Dak Prescott. Um, For you know, sure. Even, even with the Cowboys, even with the Cowboys record and, and how bad they've been, uh, they're still the Cowboys by name at the very least, you know, America's team, they have all that going for them or whatever it may be. But I, I can't, I, I, that was pretty shocking to see. Like it's almost like moving the Lakers out of a primetime spot, like moving the Yankees out of its primetime. Right, spot. right, right. Yeah. And uh, going, going against a nine and three Cleveland team, nobody thought that, you know, especially yeah. with OBJ out. So mm-hmm. and Cleveland's, Cleveland's a very scary team too. So, I mean, who knows about that game, but, but that's in a couple of weeks. I, I just thought that was absolutely like shocking and amazing to me. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that was the case. Um, so moving back towards the jets, I know we're kind of moving around back and forth between the two football teams, but a player that the jets fans are going to get to see again is Jamal Adams. Um, that leader on the defensive front for the Seahawks. Um, he was he was quoted today um, about a- Adam Gase um, saying he doesn't hate Adam Gase, but he felt like the Jets didn't value him just like S- Seattle does. Um, so for J- Jamal Adams, are you trying to be as, as aggressive as hell and trying to get four or five sacks against against your former team just for some revenge? 
Or are you going into this game like, okay, we just got upset by the Giants. Let's just play our game and let's make sure that we're not the only team to lose to the Jets. What do you think is going to happen? You definitely definitely don't want to be that that last part. But um, I think if you're Jamal Adams, uh, everyone knows how talented you are. Uh, I think if he just plays his game, you know, doesn't try to make it all about him, he should be fine. But I think no matter what, he – can't see how he doesn't have a good game against this Jets team who uh, doesn't block well, doesn't do, do anything much well, as a matter of fact. So I, I can't see – again, I can't – I know the Giants beat them. Uh, the Giants are also a lot better than the Jets. So I, I don't see how this game is in any way, shape, or form competitive. It's going to be interesting to see Adams if he does any pregame stuff um, with the team. I doubt it. But we'll see what happens in that game, see if he gets – three sacks and a fumble for a touchdown or something crazy <laughs> for the Seahawks fan. Seahawks fantasy players on defense. You should pick them up just for that. I will say though, uh, <laughs> start them in the playoffs. Yeah. I, w- I will say uh-huh. though, uh, as far as like, you know, we didn't value enough. Well, did get two first round picks for him. So I guess, uh, you know, we valued him to that regard. No, you definitely traded him with a lot of value. I, I think that was, that was a good thing. I don't think you undersold him, under traded him whatever, like undervalued him. So, um, but no, for, for sure. It's just going to be interesting to see how Jamal Adams acts on Sunday and see how he does. Um, moving on from that, uh, we both just watched our school, St. John's, play against Seton Hall um, in, in basketball, the first Big East game of the year. Um, it was postponed a little bit due to COVID issues, mm-hmm. which that's a whole other conversation. You see this going on left, right, and center with COVID and cancellations in college basketball. I don't, I don't know, but yeah. anyways, <laughs> St. John's is playing St. Hall today. We, we, we uh, took the L on this one. Um, you know, going into this game, I thought, you know, we were five and one, I believe. Yeah. And St. Hall was three and three. So we had a pretty decent start to the year. We were able to beat Boston college, which that was a shock to all of us. Um, and, you know, just, just that last minute, man, just that last, you know, two possessions, we turned it over. We literally threw it to the other team. Um, it was not a good, it was not a good ending to, to the game. We were down in at the start, but then we came back. We had a pretty good comeback, but we just couldn't finish it off. Uh, what are your thoughts about that game? Uh, I mean, Seton Hall, I think they're a lot better than what their record says. You know, they've always been a consistent team, especially the past couple of years. But, um, yeah, I mean, that, that was definitely going to be a tough game to win. Uh, definitely could have played a lot better. But one guy who has been constantly standing out is Julian Champagne, another very, very solid game for him. Definitely. He's been like – he was probably one of the few bright spots of that game as far as statistically of our roster. But um, he's been solid all year, and he's – he has, he's been having a great year. He has a chance to win Big East Player of the Year if he keeps playing like this, actually. Oh, absolutely. But, um, but, um, you know, I guess, you know, it's it's still early in the season. Hopefully St. John's can bounce back from that. I believe they take on Georgetown next, so it's another Big East game. So mm-hmm. uh, the key for them is just try and stay afloat in the Big East, you know. It, it seems like every year they do well in the beginning against these, like, scheduled games against, like, not-so-good opponents. But then once they start playing the Big East, they need to get a feel for it. They lose some games. They fall behind, and then they seem to pick things up when it's too late. So I feel like they've, if they're able to rack a few wins together in the Big East, you know, get a win against Georgetown and move from there, hopefully it'll be all right. Yeah, and I think we should be able to beat Georgetown, but 
then again, you don't really know because it is the Big East. It's always competitive and it's always a scrappy, scrappy conference, which is why I love this conference in general. Um, just wanted to say about that Sandro kid on Seton Hall dropping 32, nine and three. I mean, he looked unstoppable. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I, I don't think there was any way for us to, uh, there's any way for us to really stop him, to be honest. So yeah, he, he's, 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 he's a beast. That is one, that's one concern I had about, <laughs> um, but I mean, other than that, you know, we just had to close it out and we just didn't at the end of the day. So we'll see what happens against Georgetown. Um, and, you know, I think if we lose to Georgetown, then that's going to set us into a pretty good standard as to what, you know, how we are yeah. as a program, but we'll see what happens on that day. Um, yep. Moving on. If you want to take this over, um, some Mets news about their GM possibilities. Oh yeah. Uh, actually, there's some news that uh, just broke out today before we actually uh, hopped on this podcast. But uh, if I could pull it up, yeah, it's uh, Mets GM candidates. Uh, they're looking at Zach Scott from the Red Sox, uh, Jared Porter from the Diamondbacks, Billy Owens from the Athletics, and uh, ex Marlins president and GM Michael Hill. So uh, these are the four names that the Mets are going to be considering for the general manager. Obviously, there was some speculation. You know, are they just going to roll with Sandy Alderson as the president and his team making the decisions, but now it seems like they're going to have him and the GM that they bring in uh, collaborating on the future of the Mets. So uh, we'll see what happens. Supposedly there's a decision coming within the next week. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who the Mets pick up. And there was a, there was a report also during the week that they were talking to George Springer. Um, I think him yeah. coming to the Mets, I think that would be huge for them. Him and Pete Alonso, that would be a very, very good poster for them for their marketing, <laughs> as well as with a uh, very good, very good rotation. So I mean, like, who knows? But uh, uh, yeah, um, things are still uh, still waiting to heat up. There's been some minor moves around the MLB, but you almost got to think that the Mets are poised to make a big move. You yeah, definitely. Where it's just a matter of. When and who? Uh, is it going to be George Springer? Is it going to be Trevor Bauer? We'll find out. Yeah. Moving on to a little bit of our last segment about basketball. Um, preseason, after so long, so yeah. long, air quotes, jokingly, because it's only been two months. <laughs> Unbelievable turnaround. Um, preseason starting, and the Knicks are just tipping off in Detroit. Um, playing two games in the Michigan area um, against the Pistons over the next couple of days. Uh, yeah, so th- this preseason is about 11 days long, and then the season starts on the 22nd, which is crazy that, that the season is starting in 11 days. <laughs> it is unbelievable. Yeah. Or f- it is 11 days, yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll see about the Knicks. We'll see what the- – I'm not going to watch any of the preseason. I could I – could- care less about the preseason but yeah um i'm just curious to see how obi toppin will do emmanuel quickly um and another year of mediocre rj hopefully a little bit more than mediocre rj (laughs) um but a a little bit of more of a interesting news topic surrounding new york basketball brooklyn nets um interesting season for them 
coming up with both healthy Kyrie Irving and healthy Kevin Durant. Um, and Kyrie last night got fined along with the team, the Brooklyn Nets with head coach Steve Nash, which that's still crazy to say. I think that's awesome. <laughs> um, Kyrie and Brooklyn, the team got fined $25,000 each by the NBA for failure to comply with the league's media rules. We saw this on Kyrie's Instagram, putting out a statement saying, um, I was going to let my play do all of the talking. I wasn't really going to be talking to the media. And now we know what, and we now know that he hates the media by calling them pawns. <laughs> what a very interesting mind, him claiming that the earth is flat. Very, very interesting guy. Look goes on and on. Literally played six games at a Duke. You can tell about his intelligence, jokingly. Um, <laughs> what are your thoughts about Kyrie? And I, I just think he's such a burden on any team. I mean, it's mm-hmm. unbelievable. Uh, yeah, it's definitely not. It's definitely not the guy you want to be sitting next to in the locker room. But uh, <laughs> uh moving on from that. But uh. It's just uh it's just weird because it's like I feel like he genuinely like thinks and believes like what he's doing is like setting an example or doing the right thing or just being different, like not uh fitting into the certain mold that people like think that they want him to be. But in reality, everyone's just kind of looking at this guy like like what are you doing? Like you're being a fool. So uh I, I don't know. I don't know if someone needs to speak to him or 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 what, but I don't know if anyone's gonna be able to change the type of person he is. There's no denying that. He wants to do things his way, and he he emphatically believes in what he's doing. But it's 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 everywhere you go. Like he had issues with LeBron. He still calls out LeBron to this day. Uh, in in Boston, obviously we, there was issues there. He said he was going to come back. He doesn't come back. He goes to the team's rival. Um, so it just goes on and on with him. And like, just, yeah, it's LeBron, just LeBron. LeBron was yes, yeah, frustrating for for him to see because like he was an amazing player I, I i was a fan of Kyrie for the longest time um i just think his whole his whole antics off the court is just making him just less less of a interesting person and more of as a burden i mean you saw lebron on um on rj and channing fry's show um that show he does on uninterrupted like you know just calling him like a calling him like a a, a a burden and LeBron really given up his own stats, given up his own selfishness to try to help out Kyrie and really believe in Irving. Um, and now you kind of look at him on a, on a Brooklyn Nets team where they could win the Eastern conference. I mean, they have a pretty good, pretty good teams, so I, I, but it's just him and, and his whole antics. And so it, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what Steve Nash does and the, coaching staff does to kind of mitigate all of this and see if Durant can like come back a hundred percent. Cause if he is a hundred percent, he can carry a team. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, for sure. I think actually you mentioned Durant. I think he might be the only, uh, only saving grace when it comes to Kyrie, you know, obviously they're good friends. They both joined Brooklyn together. So whether Katie says, like, Hey Kyrie, uh, you know, let's just focus on basketball. Let's let's just win a championship. We'll see, or else, uh, or is is he just going to be like, all right, uh, Kyrie, you know, do your thing or whatever. Like, I'm not going to stop you from 
being you, quote unquote, or or whatever you want to say. So you know, we'll see what happens. Obviously, like you mentioned, this Nets team is capable of making the finals, are capable of winning a championship if KD's healthy. So they're gonna go as far as KD and Kyrie take them. So whether it's something that happens on the court or off the court that uh, leads to their demise, we'll see. Yeah, and uh, there's one other quick thing I saw today. It's about James Harden. Um, we all know that it was going to be Brooklyn or Philly for the most part in terms of trades. And it looks like the Sixers are the only team that is capable of trading for Harden. Um, if James was coming to Brooklyn, this was going to be a super team, a hundred percent. And I don't really know if it's, if it was going to work out because it, it because there's all bald, dominant players but it's a whole different story I mean do you do you really if you're a Nets fan are you really like bummed out that you're probably not going to get James Harden and Harden is going to go to a division rival in this Sixers or are you just kind of like eh, it's, it's just whatever I mean obviously you know I, I think James Harden like there's no denying how good he is and he'll help out any team he goes to but uh if you're in that's, you know, even if you don't get James Harden, you still have a really good team. Other than Kyrie and Katie, you still have guys like Karis LeVert, DeAndre Jordan, Spencer Dinwiddie, Jared Allen. Those are solid guys to have on a team who aren't your star players. So, um, you know, I mean, again, you know, you have to just move forward. Uh, even if Harden goes to, say, the Sixers or whatever, I don't think that puts them far ahead of the Nets or even at all. So, um, you know, We'll have to see how it plays. I think the East is definitely wide open this year. You know, Bucks are going to be back. Uh, he just made the finals. That, that actually that just goes to tell you too. The Heat, who are the fifth seed, just made the NBA Finals. So it's literally up it. in the air. Yeah, the the East I think has never been more competitive. Never been more closer in terms of talent. I think. Um, and and even with Russ going to the Wizards, I mean, I think he can he can bring them to a six, seven, six, seven, or eight seed, you know? Yeah. I mean, sure. I mean, who knows? So we'll see what happens. And then it's also interesting for, for the Nets um, in the next off season, if, if they're going to um, pay Spencer Dinwiddie and Karras, I don't think they can. So this is kind of a win now mentality. Um, so it'll be interesting. And I think that will wrap up our episode of New York only again, New York only and all of the Sports Me podcasts are brought to you by Sports Me. Go download Sports Me to battle any of us on the app about any sport possible. Battle, uh, battle about any of us, um, any of the topics that we just talked about in this. I would want to aim at 35-minute episode. And, uh, yeah, that's all for me. Have a good day.